tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Happy New Year. I know. I feel like we should have had our hats and the little blowers on, you know? I know. <laughs> or we should have been cheersing with like tequila or something. Anyway. Uh, did uh, did probably a little bit too much of that on uh, on actual oh, New Year's yeah. Eve anyway. So, yeah. I we should, We'll have to talk about New Year's resolutions, but I think I've decided to try to do 2024 alcohol-free. <clears throat> I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm scared right now, too, but, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm going to try a dry January anyway and see how that goes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, try dry, try dry January, and then we'll see yeah. how February looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, well, welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone had some um, a really enjoyable holiday, and uh, uh, they're not sick <laughs> like our fair, fair, fair friend here, Brandon. Yeah. Um, and um, um, you didn't miss us too much. That felt like a really long gap, actually, of uh, being away. But um, it was good. It was good to have some downtime. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we thought it was. We, I guess we thought it would be fun for this show to kind of do some 2024 predictions. <laughs> and so, how we've laid it out essentially is we've got predictions that are on a high, medium, and low scale. So, high meaning we think that there's a high probability of these actually coming true in the year. Medium, medium probability, and low is probably not, or you know, maybe a few years down the road. I would say like 20 20 percent or lower that it actually happens this year. Yeah. Oh, I like that you put the percentage in there. I hadn't thought of it that way, but okay. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Exactly. Okay. So um, do you want me to start us off, kick us off here? Yeah. Uh, let's start off with the high, uh, with with your highs. And then um, I think one of the things too we're excited about doing is at the, at the end of next year, we'll revisit our predictions from this episode yeah. and say, okay, what did we get wrong? What did we, what did we totally nail? And we'll, we'll see where we are, see how we, how we do things. So yeah, let's yeah. kick it off. Yeah, I know. I guess I should, probably should have been going more for accuracy on some of my predictions. But anyway, I think they're fun. Okay. So my first one is, um, and I've got two for the high. My first one is that I think that 2024 is going to be the year of massive news misinformation. Um, it's going to be at an all-time high now that it's so easy to create content and fake top content and rip people's identities off. Um, I mean, there's so many programs out there that do that right now. It's kind of nuts. Um, I even found this um, this news, uh, AI news, I'm going to share this here, that actually is creating, uh, oh my gosh, I got to remember how to use these tools. Okay. They're actually creating, um, uh, they've created fake anchors out of AI bots. These are all AI bots. Um, and they what they do is they curate news from multiple sources that they say is unbiased um, and they report it on their channel. Um, but what I've learned is that they will, number one, um, I mean, who knows if it's unbiased or not, like where they're getting it from. I always worry about that, right? Number one. Number two, they're going to be using AI um, creation of video and pictures also to fill in the gaps. So if they can't find footage that actually tells the complete story, they're going to use AI created footage to tell the story, which I mean, in theory, it, this could actually be wonderful, to be honest with you. Um, it, it, if if it really truly was unbiased, and uh, the videos actually truly showed the news in a better way that visual people could gather it. I think it would be fabulous, but I just think there's such a huge opportunity for this to be so catastrophically <laughs> terrible and, um, you know, uh, you know, tell people the wrong information that I'm, I am a little bit scared. And so I think we're going to have to be really on our game this year as far as uh, watching what the news is reporting and who's actually reporting it. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's generally my problem with at least at this stage with AI generated news or at least AI curated news, because you don't know necessarily where the root sources are and where they're coming from. And there are biases, as we know, and have been researched built into not intentionally, but just built into the large language models that are uh, and then and then the content that it's going and reading and obviously has uh, has has some level of bias. Even there's no non-biased news. I mean, with such maybe an NPR or something like that is trying to like get multiple sources and have both angles. Um, but but yeah, anyway, it will be interesting. And I but I totally agree with you. I think AI generated misinformation is going to be uh, everywhere this year, especially as it relates to the election and some of the things coming up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got a hefty year with uh, the election and space travel and all that kind of stuff. So I think that definitely be on your toes this year <laughs> and make sure you're getting your news from lots of different places. Um, okay, so that was first prediction. And my second high prediction actually is that membership programs are going to be massive in 2024. Um, I think last year, people were pulling out the stops and really putting incentives and uh, coupons and stuff in place to just make sure that they maintain the levels that they had from the previous year. And I think that that's tapped out now. And customers are looking for more value for their dollar. They want more personalized experiences. And that businesses want to, the ability to connect directly to their customers. And so we're going to start to see these uniquely crafted monthly membership programs that are going to capture and keep loyal fans. Um, and create offers within those programs that you can only get if you're a member and you can be directly marketed to, but they're going to be very value driven and they're going to create loyalty. Um, and as a matter of fact, today, this was crazy. Uh, Synergy just launched something like this and I'm going to, I'll bring up the picture here, but they've launched their elite plus program. And so it's um, for the month and you know what? Oh shoot. I don't have the pricing here, but you get a free movie every month. You get free games every week and you get some pretty good hefty discounts on, uh, food and drink. And, oh, you can see here, enjoy a free popcorn on sign up. Um, there's five, uh, you, you get a really elite points for, um, you know, however you want to spend in the facility and you get it by going to the facility and playing different things and doing different things. There's special birthday movie tickets. You can just see here, this is what the future is going to be is there's going to be super customized programs, um, for, members. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think memberships in general are better for the business because it generates subscription revenue. It's more reliable. You have less seasonality uh, that, that you have to worry about. So I uh, definitely think that memberships are, uh, you know, I definitely agree with you that being a high, uh, high one there. Uh, all right. What so then on my high, high oh, what's that? What was your high? Yeah. What was your high? Yeah. So my high is that VR will go completely untethered, that we will no longer see at IAPA Expo this next year, that we won't see a tethered VR system. And when I mean tethered, it's the wire or cable attached to a truss up above, that it'll be untethered, free roam VR. Even if they're in a box still, it will not be attached to a cable. I think that in today's world of MetaQuest 3 and you know everything else that's out, if I can go around my entire house and run around and play yeah. games and not have to worry about anything and any tethers, why am I going to go to an FEC and strap on a headset that has me locked into a two by two foot area and you know playing a game like that just frankly is not going to work going forward. And so I think the only exception maybe to this, the caveat that I would give would be Hollowgate. And that's really just because Hollowgate's IP is so strong that they have such, you know, like that their content game is really strong. And I think it'd be a lot of work for them to rework their, their, you know, 
basically their whole system to be an untethered system. But I think if they don't get it in 2024, it'll certainly happen in 2025 or a hollow gate. But I don't see any of the others, like the box blasters of the world, um, continuing to do tethered. I just think that they can't. Uh, the consumer will not want it. And the FEC as a result will not want to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think you're on the right track here. I just wonder, um, and I know we talked about this, but I just wonder about that gap between what we saw at Expo this year with the arcade arenas without having any kind of headgear on, which I find far more appealing versus even the headgear. Like, is there going to be enough time for them to transition from the tethered to the untethered financially for it even to make sense for some of these groups? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I agree at the same time. I just don't think that in 2024, we're going to see VR disappear completely, um, you know, from, from the FECs. And, and frankly, I don't think we'll see VR disappear completely ever. Um, I think it just disappears. Uh, it just changes and is a much more cohesive or like a, a larger experience. So you think about creative works where I can run around and basically playing laser tag, but with VR, um, you know, those, those types of VR level experiences, zero latency, same, those kind of right. things. That's what we'll see more of with VR. The days of like the four headsets strapped to a truss that I go and I play some Angry Birds game for five minutes. I think that's just, that's just done. Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, those have added so much texture to our arcade floors for years now. <laughs> Not yeah, having these yeah, well, massive things in there. What else are we going to have? <laughs> More well, big uh, an arcade arena, or or an immersive game box, right. or you know any of the other, um, you know, the immersive enclosures. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, awesome, cool. I yeah. love it. Um, All right, okay. what do you got for mediums? So, okay, I've got two for mediums. Um, quickly, my first one that's really industry-related is I think that we're going to see some massive advancements in customer interaction tracking through motion tracking technologies. So, you know, we've started to already see this with Amazon and their stores where you just walk in, your credit card's attached to your body, it knows what you picked up, and it tracks it and just charges your credit card. Um, we saw, you know, late at the end of last year that Universal had um, applied for a patent um that is going to be tracking um, advanced movements as you move through the park. You know, they're going to be looking at things. Do you have glasses? What are you carrying? You know, so that they know what your movement pants are like. Um, they also launched the and implemented facial recognition at the gate already. So I think that um, Universal and Disney and the big guys are going to start implementing that this year if they haven't already to some level um, so that they can understand customer patterns better. And I think that in the future, if not, you know, late at the end of this year, beginning of next year, we're going to start to see technologies that can be implemented into uh, family entertainment centers or location based entertainment centers to help the owner operator better understand um, how customers are moving through their facilities. Yeah, I definitely think that the motion tracking is going to pick up in the larger parks, even things like Amazon Go partnerships like you've seen in Six Flags, where you, know, you can go in and you can, uh, you know, buy, you know, some, we can go and get some concessions and then walk out the walk out to the gate after you put in your credit card. I think those things will definitely happen. I'm not sure that this year we'll see it really move into the FEC level, except for maybe we'll see one or two of the larger brands implement something like the um, like the the Amazon Go and like the Redemption Store, for example, and playing around with that in one or two pilot locations. That I think you could potentially see this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. But I do think it's coming and I think it will be yeah. super valuable to us. And this is just a picture of the patents picture that uh, Universal actually launched with, you know, so you know what they're actually going to be tracking on the human. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, my next one was the rise of women's sports leagues. <laughs> I think that there was massive hurrah around um, the the female hockey league being professional or a professional hockey league uh, coming 
light or, you know, happening this year. Um, it's, you know, going to surge in popularity. There are some other professional women's leagues. Like I think there's a soccer and a fast pitch and a roller derby right now, but I don't know like at what level uh, they're considered professional. Um, but I think that that's going to start growing, which I think is super awesome because we're going to see, you know, uh, better futures for women that want to play sports. They're going to, there's going to be significant growth in participation and in viewership in these categories as well. I think we're going to see some wage equalization out so that women in sports are paid, you know, closer to what men in sports are paid. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And the U S women's national soccer team has done a lot to push towards wage equalization. And mm -hmm. so you know, hopefully that, that continues across, uh, you know, across the board, across other sports. Um, so my medium is that, uh, you know, as we know, Chuck E. Cheese is looking for a buyer. And so mm -hmm. my medium is that Chuck E. Cheese gets acquired or merges with the new Dave and Buster's main event entity. I think that there's a lot oh, of benefit gosh. to Dave and Buster's main event to infuse, frankly, some really innovative thinking that's happening at Chuck E. Cheese. I know that sounds weird to think of like, you know, but, but they are doing some really good things to try to transition their brand. And, um, and Dave and Buster's and main event just really seem stuck, frankly, and trying to flounder and figure out what they're doing. And I think that that group wants to own the entire customer life cycle from the young families with, you know, the, the families with young kids, the families with older kids, like main events, and then the young adults, uh, like the Dave and Buster's. And so, uh, definitely seems like they could dominate the, at least the U S if not, uh, the larger part of the world through that type of an acquisition. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I remember speculating on this last year when, or whenever it was that Dave and Buster and main events became one, um, was that man, if they got Chuck E. Cheese, they were going to have the monopoly now. Right. And really understand that whole, um, life cycle. And so I'm just wondering, is this going to be a good thing for our industry or is this a bad thing? And, you know, um, does it have to be handled responsibly or does it matter? Is this just the way business works and it's competition and it should be okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's certainly advantages like you were talking about before we jumped on the stream around the amount of data that they'll have, that they can make, the, have large massive customer journeys from beginning to end. And they can basically follow a you know person from the time that they're a little kid going to Chuck E. Cheese to the point where they're, you know, an adult hanging out at Dave and Buster's and like the amount of data and knowledge they could have if they were to utilize it properly is pretty powerful. But um, at the same time, it's going to come down to delivering a good guest experience. And right now, at least D and B and main event are doing a pretty poor job delivering a solid guest experience from my, from my viewpoint. I couldn't agree with you more on that point. Exactly. But if there's anybody better poised to actually change that in their organizations, it's those guys. I mean, they've got the facilities out there. They've, they can't they've, be unknowing. <laughs> I know. I know they've got the capital, the cash flow, like they've got the things that they could go and do. Um, but sometimes those are the hardest ones to go and, and make a change because they have so much to lose when it comes to the fact that, you know, if they make a big change and it doesn't hit, then you have to unwind that across so many more locations. Um, and so, you know, hopefully you'll start to see them innovate with the trying little pilot programs in one place to the next. And they're doing a little bit of that with some of the social attainment stuff. But um, I still think they're striking out. But, you know, we'll yeah, continue to yeah, see yeah. some innovation there for sure. Uh, so Chuck E. Cheese merges Dave & Buster's main event, end of the year, meeting prediction. We'll see if that's right. All right. What are your lows? I just want my all-in-one membership card that gets me into all of them for the same price. I don't know. That's all. Yeah. And free fries or something like that. Okay. Low predictions. Um, so I've got two of them. My first one is, um, I'll start with this one because it's kind of fun. 
I think that with space travel, you know, kicking up a notch this year, um, that uh, with the Artemis II mission um, that's heading to the moon, um, that really someone's going to launch an innovative new zero gravity experience for location-based entertainment that can be just slid right into the arcade. You'll swipe a card, you'll get into this box, and you'll have some sort of experience where you fly around. <laughs> okay, so very, very low prediction. But I think that people are going to be really curious about it, and they're going to want to stimulate the sensation of weightlessness and um mm you know, that travel to space, they're going to want to have that experience. So even if there isn't a zero gravity experience, I think that we're going to start to see more space experiences where people can actually go and truly try on and feel what it's like to be an astronaut. Now, um, there is, I did, I did find this group out there, um, this zero G group that you can actually book a flight with right now. I mean, it's 10 grand a person to go on and experience weightlessness. Um, but you can see here, they, they offer private flights, research flights, media production flights. So I saw a video and I can't remember what group it was that recorded their video up in the air doing this. Um, and then they also offer a weightless wedding. So um, I don't know if I ever get married, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Weightless weddings. What do you think? Will you come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think you're right. I do think that interest in space is going to increase. No, no question at all. And you're going to, so Doff, I think either they saw this coming or not, but they have mission space. They have their mission to Mars. Right. Um, which are basically the same, the same setup, but just different, you know, one's going to Mars and one's going to the moon. Um, but they have that it's a, it's a drop in attraction. Um, and in pretty impressive, it has like five or six different you know, ride components to it. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I definitely think you're going to see things like that attractions like that come out. If I had the ability to develop the technology that manipulates gravity in a way that I could simulate weightlessness. I'm pretty sure my first use of that technology is not going to be in an FEC attraction. No. <laughs> yeah. I would kind of uh, tend to yeah. agree with you on that. It might be in like, uh, it might hey. be in like flight propul propulsion or something else yeah, like that, yeah. but you know, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, things happen fast in this world. You just never know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's why I was in the low prediction. Um, okay. And then my last one for low was just that I think that potentially there's an opportunity to see some eco gaming initiatives um, using um, rewarding um, through recycling and, and location-based entertainment. So game engineers are going to pioneer a new novel approach to sustainability by merging recycling and gaming together. So we'll have a new arcade style game on the floor where people can go and they can recycle their forks and their garbage that they eat and use in the FEC. And they'll get points for actually recycling within that L that that entertainment center, or it gets accumulated for something else in the metaverse, who knows? Um, and then it'll also act as a place for who to learn more about the their footprint on the earth and how they can actually reduce that footprint or do better at recycling and sustainability in the world. And then I even had a far fetched thought that I added to it later was that maybe what it'll end up doing eventually, eventually years down the road is it'll take all their garbage and right on site, it'll turn it into some sort of liquid kind of format or you know printer ink or something and you'll have a, this digital 3d printer attached and the, i shouldn't say digital but a 3d printer attached and it will actually print out like a, a little reward from the garbage that you actually put into uh this little arcade game yeah yeah i definitely i mean it's not gonna happen this year but definitely yeah. think that fast forward 10 20 years from now and the concept of putting things like you read in sci-fi novels about the recyclers where you put your stuff in the recycler, yeah. it breaks it down into its component atoms and molecules, and then, you know, basically allows you to then reformulate some, you know, whatever else that you want. Right. So like just be able to print food or clothing or whatever, based on the component atoms or molecules that you've you know, disassembled from whatever you put in before. So I definitely think that's coming maybe even 40 years from now. Uh, but I'd love the idea of like the eco gaming initiative 
Um, and, uh, you know, gamifying my carbon footprint, I think is super interesting and would be a pretty cool thing to see. And yeah, we'd love to see that happen this year. So hopefully it's, it's, uh, it actually does happen. Something like that. Like, you know, batteries, right? Like what if you were to gamify recycling of batteries, for example, like I come in and I bring in dead batteries and I get redemption points and get to track my you know carbon footprint as a result and like those kind of things. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So for my low, um, I had basically said that this is maybe wishful thinking, um, but this is also why I put it low, is that the last pickleball venue starts construction. So that means hopefully after 2024, no more pickleball venues get built because we've oversaturated the market and we don't have to talk about pickleball on the show ever again. Yeah, I feel like that's unfortunately just so not going to happen. But (laughs) considering I just read an article about this new shoe company that launched and they're all they're doing is creating pickleball shoes. They're going to come in every single pickle flavor under the rainbow. (laughs) Well, garlic, sweet, baby, dill. Anyway. <laughs> like, I, so I don't think pickleball is going anywhere. That's not, I, I guess that's not my point. I just don't want to see yeah. the LBE venues, you know, pickleball, chicken and pickle, electric pickleball, like all these pickleball venues being built as like actual LBE things. Like I think I, my, my hope is that 2024 sees the last one of these because cities have and communities have finally caught up and are building them in their neighborhoods for free. And I don't need to go and pay $30 to play a game of pickleball indoors when I can go walk to my neighborhood pickleball court for free. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, there's an interesting community and connection piece with food and beverage. That's really good as well. You know, that's going to totally, appeal to totally. So I, can go to a bar. I, I can go to a sports bar for that. Like this is the reason why they don't have, they have tennis, the old tennis club, but they don't have like tennis ball sports, you know, um, social attainment venues for tennis ball, like tennis social attainment venues, yeah. because why I can go play tennis anywhere. But anyway, I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole, but that's, that's my low prediction is that, uh, you know, pickleball venues don't get built. I think the only other one that I thought about throwing on there at the end is now that the Mickey Mouse, uh, the, the early version of Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse, so not the current one we know and love, but the earliest version is now in the public domain, that we'll see the first slasher Mickey Mouse film get developed, just like we saw with Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I'm in. So. Mickey if Mouse, that actually Mickey gets Mouse created, I'll go watch it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a really cool prediction. But I think that also this year, it's just going to be IP mania. We never talked about it, but IP is going to explode as it already has. And, you know, but pe- people will be utilizing IP in more ways than they ever have before. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. Well, that hey. is the wrap of the LBX Daily Show's first annual, tw- you know, annual predictions episode. So, I'm uh, excited to have our postmortem a year from now. Yeah, it will be a really good old time. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. All right, All right. everybody. This is CBBW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See you later, guys. 